0: Welcome to the Christmas edition of A Life in Biography. Uh, I hope you're enjoying the day as I am, which means I'm doing practically nothing. Uh, I also hope that you have, as a gift, given a biography to someone. Preferably, it was a biography of mine, but any biography will do as long as it's a biography. What I'm going to do today is read about a Christmas, a William Faulkner Christmas. Uh, This was when he was on what he called his furlough from Hollywood in 1942. This Christmas occurs at Roanoke, which was the name he gave for his home in Oxford, Mississippi. Christmas 1942 at Roanoke was an especially exciting and invigorating time for William Faulkner. His stepdaughter had remarried and her husband Bill Fielding, Fielding a first rate man, was a Faulkner favorite. The season began by gathering in the Roanoke Library for the expedition to select and chop down a tree, chosen by Pappy, and by this time in the biography, everyone knows that Faulkner's family called him Pappy. Pappy picked one of the smaller cedars, leaving room for other trees to grow in Bailey's woods. Bailey's woods uh, were, uh, the the woods were in back of uh, Roanoke. Uh, Faulkner purchased that property because he didn't want it subdivided. He didn't want homes built there. He wanted to preserve, really, his childhood setting, the setting in which he had grown up in, which is, you know, what people often think about at Christmas with their family memories of childhood and other Christmases, of course. A family servant, Andrew, took an axe to the tree and they placed it on a tarp, trimming branches near the base so that Pappy, Mama, Malcolm, Malcolm was his stepson, and Bill Fielden could take turns dragging the heavy tree through the woods with the tarp helping to protect its branches. Malcolm remembered returning to Roanoke in the late afternoon as a cold, sharp light filtered through the living room windows. The ladies decorated the tree as Min Folk made suggestions about where to place the ornaments. A fire, a bottle of bourbon on a silver tray with cut glass tumblers reflecting the fire. Later, Christmas greens and mistletoe gathered near a Chickasaw boundary line completed the first phase of the Christmas ritual. Then Bill would drive Estelle to Oxford to do Christmas shopping. For the Christmas Eve banquet, another servant, Norfleet, would appear, bowing to Faulkner as he set a water pitcher on a tray next to the bourbon. Friends would stop by bearing gifts, eating from the buffet and drinking. Later, around 11, Bill and Estelle went upstairs to stuff stockings as other family members went to a midnight service at St. Peter's. On Christmas morning, Bill would appear in Estelle's bedroom, dressed in an elegant and ornate Chinese robe. You know, his wife, Estelle, had spent uh, her first marriage in the what was then called the Orient, part of which was in China. So here he appears in his elegant and ornate Chinese robe, and start the stock, stock opening ritual. Estelle took a light breakfast in bed while Bill had a full meal of eggs, bacon, grits, in melted butter and coffee. She would then appear downstairs in a lovely Chinese wrapper in soft, muted pastel shades. Everyone gathered around the Christmas tree, including the black servants. And Pappy, still in his Chinese gown, officiated, beginning with a prayer. Then began the distribution of packages. Christmas gifts often included a collection of multicolored pipe cleaners for Pappy. It's all he would accept, except for handkerchiefs from Mama. Colored members of the family, as Malcolm put it, I'm drawing on his memoir, went merrily off to the kitchen to open their gifts. There were pints of bourbon for our colored friends, Malcolm says. Who were they? Henry Jones? Wade Ward, and Wallace, who hunted with Faulkner, and, of course, Andrew. Christmas Day featured Punch, a William Faulkner creation, apples, bourbon, dry burgundy, and soda water on ice in a glistening ruby-red bowl arranged with flowers. Malcolm remembered the Punch cups on the ornate lace table cover. In scenes not out of place in Go Down Moses, black people came to call shouting Christmas gift and were given drinks and rides home for those who could no longer navigate. Dr. Cully, the very physician Faulkner had once said he had shot, this was because he blamed uh, Dr. Cully for the death of his first child, Alabama. Uh, Dr. Cully came along with his surgical nurse who had often attended Faulkner after drinking bouts. So did Colonel Baker and his charming and vivacious wife, Kate, whom Dean Faulkner-Wells later supposed had been her uncle's lover. Maud never showed up. That's Faulkner's mother. Family had to come to her. Faulkner would spend an hour on Christmas afternoon with her and then return home to dress in white tie and tails for dinner, preceded by drinks and toasts in the parlor. Then it was Estelle's turn to say, Billy will you do the honors Faulkner would stand at the head of a long table covered with an elegant linen cloth linen napkins and lighted candleabra that cast uneven shadows on the polished silver children were given their own two tables as chairs were helped as chairs were held for the ladies and Faulkner graciously directed them to their seats then the white-coated smiling norfleet entered with a large platter of turkey, and served the company. Faulkner would then taste the wine before walking around the table to fill glasses. Next came Boojack, with a large bowl of rice, with Broadus just behind with a bowl of giblet gravy. For side dishes, broccoli with a cheese sauce, sliced buttered potatoes, and ham and broiled quail. Dessert began with Norfleet carrying ambrosia, in a large cut-glass bowl, and setting it before Mama. This would occasion Faulkner's story, as Malcolm recalled it, of a friend with a cook who was asked if she would like to go to heaven when she died. Silent for a few few minutes, she smiled and said, No, sir, I don't believe I want to go to heaven, because all I'll be doing there every day for eternity is getting up coconut for the white folks' ambrosia. Fruit cake and after-dinner coffee, followed by cognac, And deliciously patterned small brandy glasses signaled the end of Christmas. And that signals the end of this reading from my biography of William Faulkner. Uh, You can see how much times have changed. I wonder what you think of all this as you uh, arrange your own Christmas day. Happy holidays. Thanks for listening.